Hello and welcome to the Cinnabums, the podcast about staying in, canceling your plans, watching movies. In this case, watching two movies about the exact same story. And both American movies, one by Hollywood and one by a smaller Hollywood, a TV movie. I am Luke. As usual, I'm with the great John Murren, hailing out of Denver, uh, Colorado. And uh, today we have a guest, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Felix Christensen. I appreciate uh, you coming on. He hails from the Bay, which is where these movies hail, hail from. <laughs> and for all our video listeners, you get to enjoy some of that swag that Felix just <laughs> put on <laughs> yeah yeah wow that was our best intro by far altogether yeah, we've never had yeah. so much confidence <laughs> oh hell yeah intro, you know hell yeah like, well, we're talking about steve jobs you know so we gotta have yeah we gotta have some like, energy out here like antonio man he just stared at us as we introduced <laughs> him <laughs> damn antonio dude like fucking slacking bro but didn't you like uh say your first experience listening to this podcast was um wasn't it our inherent vice episode with antonio isn't that what you told me yeah i watched i i, I listened to that one yeah cause right i didn't i don't really know who you guys were i think at that point yeah like, yeah you're just like this is the podcast that antonio is yeah on. I, I saw i saw until i saw him post about it on the story yeah. And that's how I like got linked to it. And then I think I met you when we went to my cousin's barbecue. Yeah. Um, and you're like, he's the guy from the podcast. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Anyway, continue the intro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah, that's cool. I mean, <laughs> like, Inherent Vice is definitely like, that was a big episode. And like, the, I don't know, the Revisited series is, like, a big one for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, definitely, uh, like, these movies, I've wanted to, I want to talk about, like, one of these movies for a little bit, but um, it was, like, last year when I saw um, Jobs with Ashton Kutcher that I was, like, all right, this comparison episode would be, like, a perfect thing um, and a perfect thing to have you on for, considering we watched both of them uh together within scale within the you know a month's time or something like that yeah, yeah. inherent vice is like my second favorite paul thomas anderson movie i could see that yeah i can see that um yeah that's a fun one to revisit because the plot of inherent vice is unfollow unfollowable and so we had to try to recollect it of of an uh, almost impossible unrecollectable uh plot yeah. Um, pretty much mm-hmm. um, but yeah and John like this is your first time seeing Steve Jobs which I'm excited for because I'm pretty sure uh, last one time when we were talking about like maybe the social network I was yeah. like you have to see Steve Jobs too it's also very good <laughs> you know and then I had a lot of things to say about it yeah I remember uh, I remember you recommending Steve Jobs to me a long time ago and I just still just forgot about it really um and I think, you know, we'll talk about Steve Jobs himself a little bit more. I think kind of how he's viewed now is part of the reason. But um, but yeah, anyway, I was excited to see Steve Jobs because 
obviously uh, we're big fans of the social network that Sorkin screenplay yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. So and I figured I this, this would be similar. Like sort of a sequel to that, like in a way, mm-hmm. since we are um, like at the beginning of the social network episode, we talk about um, Facebook's actually still really relevant today. You know, like we, had, <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of like it's, it's real insight there, you know, like Facebook had a huge impact, huh? Like, <laughs> yeah. But the second, the the unofficial second movie in the trilogy is Moneyball, though. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I, I, really? So, like, Moneyball's second in the years that they were made? I thought yeah, it came so first. Social Network came out in 2010, and then Moneyball came oh, out in 2011. Wow. Okay, all right, yeah. Directed, you know, written by Aaron Sorkin and directed by Bennett Miller, who also made Foxcatcher and shit. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's okay. That's the other thing he did. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I love Moneyball a lot, too. Um, and yeah, Moneyball is really thing. good. Moneyball. Yeah, I would rank them like social network one, then Moneyball and then Steve Jobs in that order, I would say, yeah. like, in yeah. my personal. Opinion. Yeah, I would say that, too. But I would put I would put social network a lot higher than both of them. Yeah, uh, yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah, for sure. Like, I think, yeah, social network is like, pretty much a perfect film almost even though it's right. like kind of goofy you know because luke and i just rewatched it and i i didn't realize how like how silly it is yeah how silly <laughs> it actually is now watching it like as as, as a 26 year old <laughs> and, you know, like watching it as like I, I think i was like 14 when i saw it the first cut time down, cut off the the yeah yeah facebook facebook <laughs> <laughs> no i, I yeah but like Moneyball is like almost perfect, except for like the singing girl shit that's like goes on in it. It's kind of corny, but yeah, I mean that's that's you personally, but I think that like nails the um yeah yeah I think that like yeah that kind of nails the ending. Um, but actually, I'd say a year ago I would have said I would I like Steve Jobs more than Moneyball because I was into the more flexing heavy like throwing uh like dialogue that is in steve jobs but it's definitely after re-watching steve jobs just now and re-watching moneyball within the last month i definitely like moneyball more i think it's a much more balanced movie um yeah and uh just has a down-to-earth quality that steve jobs really doesn't and i um moneyball i get it. i'm not even into baseball but moneyball i get uh uh, very into um, all the time, uh, and I remember like the names of the players. Um, yeah, Jason Giambi. Yeah, exactly, Jeremy. Yeah, he's like <laughs> you can't trade Jeremy Giambi. He's like you lost Damon Giambi. Like all this. Like I remember. I'm like, how are they gonna do it after they lost <laughs> Giambi? <laughs> no, those are all names that are like familiar in my childhood because I grew up in the Bay and I'm a Giants fan and I went to a lot of A's games as well, so I was familiar yeah. with um what's his name billy bean and yeah, like billy bean so you grew up with billy bean and well, i didn't grow city. up with billy bean like in particular but he was always there like i didn't right. know him or anything well, but yeah um, I'm, I'm not saying that. what's his name <laughs> brian sabian the, the general manager of the giants okay you know when he's like hey sabi sapester let's and he's on the right. call right and, right when he's on the call oh yeah wow. yeah he's talking the giants and he's like okay. how are you gonna fuck me over like with this and 
That's yeah. cool. Yeah, I think that's the only thing that could make that movie better for me is if I actually had grown up with the front office and it was like <laughs> I knew it was in my hometown. Yeah, um, yeah. That is pretty cool. Mm. Um, I mean, so I guess since we're on the subject of like you being from the Bay and John, you lived in the Bay for a little bit. I guess yeah. we can talk about like <laughs> this trilogy as just a Bay Area Sorkin trilogy. Mm. And I guess... Um, I don't know, like, it's like such an, its own unique thing. And I think it's kind of, there's something about the Bay that feels like it's this like new wave, like more hippie, more forward thinking, like symbol of American ambition or something like that. And I feel like that's um, like a big representation in all these movies and maybe like why they all take tend to take place here and maybe why Sorkin ha also has three of his best works like about um, the Bay Area as well. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's with the Bay. I mean, I, That's what I, I think mean. it's just the, yeah. the, yeah, the tech, it's definitely like the tech culture, the tech bros and shit out there. Like that's right. so prevalent. Right. And, but I feel like I was never around that, like growing <laughs> up. I feel like I was never around like yeah. tech shit. Like, right. Like I was around like Moneyball shit. I was around the, I was around the sports and. But when so it that, comes so, to actual, so that, that that wasn't actually how it was like for you personally. No, it was never. It was never tech stuff. Like it, I, I, mm. I feel like it was just nor. Uh, I don't know. I never knew about the tech stuff until later on probably when i saw well i had a we all had a facebook we were yeah you guys already talked about this in the podcast but we all had like facebooks and what like 2009 2008 like 2010 yeah something like that yeah but we didn't know i never knew that that was in palo alto or anywhere near oh that it was being made right by or something like that yeah i never you didn't I know who sean that. parker was <laughs> i never knew sean parker was i never knew who? Oh, we got the timer, boys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'll say just from uh, like living in Cupertino after like the huge tech boom and everything, like mm -hmm. the weird thing is that everybody around you either works for one of the big tech companies or works for some like up and coming like startup that right. is about to be acquired by these big tech companies. So it's like almost being in a small town where 90% of the uh citizens all work at like the same factory like at hormel or something and, yeah. and it's but that's like the whole bay area yeah it's just there's so much yeah. uh just like energy put into all these tech companies and um and having to have like this new vision of the future that you're gonna bring and then mm -hmm. yeah it's just yeah it's a very interesting uh just a really interesting place yeah that's just been so prevalent in so many things yeah. yeah i think the south bay definitely has that vibe more than the north bay totally yeah okay that's because i grew up in sonoma which is like and then i grew up partially in sf because my dad was living there but like sf like proper like the actual city city and then but my my um my grandfather like moved to palo alto i don't know when it was like 60s 70s and he was one of the first people he was in like the like the, the first team to invent like the led lights for um wow. for computers and stuff and he like cool got like a master's at stanford and stuff so he was actually a part of like the first 
I don't know, wave or whatever of the computer. Yeah, I mean, John, would you say like, you know, the, like where all these like, like, oh, I don't know, I forget what they're called, the product launches, like where they all take place in Steve Jobs, for instance, where you say maybe living by one of those like types of places? Because that's the vibe I get. Yeah, well, so uh, one place I think they filmed parts of Steve Jobs is like the De Anza Flint Center, something like that. Okay. Which yeah. is in Cupertino, and that's literally that's right. that's like two minute a two minute drive from where we used to live. Uh, right. So yeah, yeah we we're, were, were and then like the spaceship, uh, you know, the big Apple headquarters was uh, yeah also like just down the road, like five minutes. So. Yeah, we're surrounded by all that, but I was just, I was even just talking to my wife about this last night, that it's just so weird. I didn't even really take into account any of that until I watched Steve Jobs. It was like, oh, wow. Yeah. So like the, they introduced <laughs> the, the iPod next door or something, you know, something like that. It's, uh, right. I didn't take into account like the significance they of- They never stop innovating over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is where they never stop innovating. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, um, but but definitely yeah. these films have this sort of uh, mythological, yeah, uh, like vibe to them because I don't think that I don't think anyone was saying that shit like about it. I don't know, like I never heard anyone talk about like uh, any of that, like anything that was going on, like in that way. It's definitely like a mythology or sort of um, it's it's brought up more. It's more sensationalized than it actually was. I don't. Yeah. I think John. Yeah, you probably couldn't like say the same thing about living in Cupertino or, or being in Palo Alto or something, but yeah. Yeah. Also, I mean, I, I've been to like the De Anza campus before and stuff too. And I just, I, it looks like a community college campus. Like that's, you know, it didn't like jump out to me, but this is like some people uh, I've worked with some people who are like huge Apple, like fanboys that oh watch every press conference and everything who they, yes, they would be like, that, Oh, you were right by yeah. the, Right. You know, oh man. But they're like not are they in the bay or are they like no involved? no no they're not these even are, in, yeah yeah these are midwesterners yeah who uh, yeah yeah uh, yeah um yeah, that's kind of romanticize that too. yeah like there's that world of like you know in like Steve Jobs specifically because it's all product launch you're like oh my god this is like the most hype like event right now yeah the like, crowds yeah. but like that you know not for me but like for these people so i'm like think what crowd of people is it that for them this is like you know seeing or like a radiohead concert or something <laughs> <laughs> like they're doing like a wave and stuff and i think that's like the most cinematic thing to me in like specifically steve jobs is when they cut away to the crowd where it's like god yeah it's all so the fans who hang on like what is he gonna reveal he's a genius you know like that sort of thing and just i probably a part of the bay is like that culture which i am just not a part of you know like you know yeah california we're more film it's that's more about films and like uh you know like art and stuff like that and not about like tech yeah um, dude it's like going to playboy cardi show that's how lit it would be <laughs> for, the, for the kids for the um right yeah yeah even though it's like not even a performance i guess it's kind of steve jobs is presentations were a, a sort of a performance they were a little like yeah. he had in a very business marketing way like i remember uh, after being really into just steve jobs like last year yeah like, yeah uh, 
I watched this film and I read the book and uh, stuff like that. And so I, and then I watched a, like a whole presentation of the first ever iPhone and like you, yeah, he definitely had like a performance uh, like relatability thing. And that's like why he was so like popular and um, like he has that, he had that accent that Ashton Kutcher tries to constantly um, impersonate in uh his performance in his portrayal um like i'm I'm trying to think of how it goes where he's like the ipod you know like the way like that (laughs) accent like oh did you just say ashton kutcher are you saying ashton kutcher yeah because i think they do they they play it obviously they play it very differently (laughs) like but ashton kutcher mainly rides off that like doing that specific accent it's more of an like doing his accent than really um immersing himself in the role i guess you could say um but we'll uh we'll get all we'll get yeah we're gonna get into the we're gonna get into the performance yeah but i think it's cool we uh touched on the bay um and we touched on i guess we pretty much touched on every film from the bay uh, uh so far and uh sorkin uh but then i guess when we get back we could talk about what like a, a couple of films we've been watching uh lately uh, yeah let's get yeah. to this commercial break guys and we'll be back all right i mean uh yeah man if since you're the guest dude if you want to start off by talking about something you've watched uh recently okay um yeah so as you all know not john but I, i'm a i'm a really big italian horror fan and yeah i mean i think only i knew that but now everyone knows <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm a big italian horror fan and yeah uh, he is i just watched this film called four flies on gray velvet directed by dario argento who's mm. a pretty big one of the most famous italian horror directors or even the most like one of the famous most famous italian directors of all time pretty much he's probably yeah both like artistically like critically and commercially because he had some big hits in the 70s and 80s and if you talk to people in in italy like they'll know like the biggest name in italian horror is dario argento pretty much and there's also other names but on a mainstream level like if you talk to someone in italy and you tell and you, you you bring up like the big names like there's there's mario bava obviously and then there's dario argento and then like lucio fulci but i don't really know who mario bava is or lucio fulci even though i would say they're even more influential than dario argento but they know who dario argento is and stuff but he's like a big name in that and i just watched this film called four flies on gray velvet and it's a it's a giallo film i don't know if you guys are familiar with like giallo john yeah definitely yeah um but it was all right. It was all right. But, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, John, you went down a Argento rabbit hole a few years ago, right? Yeah, a few years ago, I think for October, I tried to watch. A lot. I haven't seen that one, but I, I tried to watch a lot of his. So, Paramount. Deep Red, Opera, Suspiria. Yeah, Deep Red is really good. Deep Red is like. Deep Red's great. Yeah. It's really a, a work of genius when it comes to the Jalo. It's probably his most. Uh, like well-constructed film yeah and i like uh i like mario bava too i think i've only seen maybe one maybe one of his one or two yeah. but uh yeah um but yeah that was that was the year nice. i got into into giallo so nice that's a 
yeah. it's a good recommendation i'm going to try and watch that yeah well it's the third so he he has his first three films are the bird with the crystal plumage cat o nine tails and four flies on gray velvet which is considered his animal trilogy because they all have an animal in the title and then yeah, also yeah. they're all giallo orientated films right um, but i i think the four flies on gray velvet is uh my least favorite out of the out of the three but i would i would definitely mm-hmm. recommend bird with a crystal plumage because that was a super influential horror film of the time i think Brian De Palma was really influenced by it. You can see it in his, uh, like in his horror films of the seventies. He, yeah. he definitely saw mm-hmm. Bird with a Crystal Plumage because it has like this Hitchcockian feel mm-hmm. to it. But instead yeah. of like, because Hitchcock never really showed violence because he couldn't pass the, the censor. Right, because mm-hmm. of the era, era he was stuck in. Yeah, the era he was stuck in. And I think Dario Argento was the first one to actually do the Hitchcock style with the violence that you actually see mm. then brian de palma yeah that and ran with it and um brian de palma is like a hitchcock with the yeah, violence for type. sure for like sure the more pervy sleazier hitchcock but yeah i saw like a, a snippet of, of like a tarantino thing he's on another podcast you know mm-hmm. as he is yeah um often and he he it was the Basically, the snippet was him saying that, like Hitchcock, like was really held back by his time and stuff like that. And yeah, that um, was on the Tom Segura. Was, the was Tom it Segura? exactly? Was it that yeah. one? Okay, you know exactly which one. <laughs> yeah, um, I've seen like, like, dude, I've seen all the Tarantino interviews. I've read like yeah. all of his books. Like I've seen, I listen to like right. all of his podcasts. I'm, right. You can see here. Right. And we have a Django and Chain <laughs> and an Interstellar poster uh, right behind Felix. Which is very a very fitting uh, duo, as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Those are probably but, like my two favorite mainstream American directors, John. If you okay, cool. Nolan it. and Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll see, those are the the two directors that I'll see their film opening day. Like the first time I can see it, I'll, I'll see them. Those like only those two dudes. Yeah. Nice. So, are you pretty excited for Oppenheimer? Oh yeah, bro! It's already a classic, and it's not even out yet. <laughs> it already I mean, the blew trailer my alone mind. is yeah. No, dude, it's like yeah, I'm super. That's like super excited for that. I already, I know it's gonna. It's already a classic, so it's gonna be. <laughs> yeah. It's already gonna be. Yeah, it's gonna be so good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he looks pretty in his lane uh, with that oh, one. Man. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. big and historical and historical in a different way probably than uh dunkirk yeah uh, you'd think and i i noticed you got so when, we, when i was listening to the worst of uh, on your guys podcast you guys brought up the judd apatow bill uh mar the bill the bill mar judd apatow yeah bill mar, yeah, yeah, so yeah you've luke, seen that one luke too brother, yeah. <laughs> you've seen that one too then yeah, we're both yeah, our, our feeds sound a little similar <laughs> if we're both just like scrolling and watching these tarantino sound bites yeah pretty sure yeah i mean i liked that one specifically because like uh he talks about like for inglorious bastards this is a thing i didn't mention from it and when he's talking about inglorious bastards he's like i wanted to get all the good jews for my like you know for my Jew, you know for all the to be the inglorious yeah. bastards but all of the Jews he wanted are like the comedians that work with Apatow and they all happen to be doing funny people. 
Um, like, I think he was was going to give the role of the bear Jew, uh, who is uh, I right played by Eli Roth, right? And he yeah. he was he wanted to give that to Mr. Adam Sandler, and yeah. uh, Adam Sandler's already in front of people, unfortunately. But dang, too bad, you know. Sometimes uh, schedules conflict, and it's like kind of a damn shame like that we didn't get adam sandler as the bear jew what could have been yeah yeah like that would have been pretty cool <laughs> yeah that would have been weird like that definitely would have been weird because you also have the mike myers cameo in inglorious bastards as well you know because he plays right. like Forgot about that, or yeah. something who gives michael fassbender whatever his mission is to Go with the bastards to the cinema or go to the basement. Oh, so yeah, he 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 gives him the information in the nice like dining room. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. That's Mike Myers. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. Oh, that's Lieutenant crazy. Archie Hickox. That's that's the name of the character. That's Michael Fassbender's character. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah. And, and a little that. prelude to Fassbender, I guess. Um all right, all right, nice. Yeah. Uh all right. Uh all right, I'll go next. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the one movie I watched um, would be a Spike Lee joint from 1994. Uh, it's Crooklyn, uh, which is one I hadn't seen yet. Uh, I love Spike Lee, um, and it, especially 90s and early 2000s Spike Lee. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd say this is probably one of the most personal Spike Lee movies I've seen. Um, because it's a uh, a little like autobiographical and it seems like it's a little about his family. Oh, there you go. I own that as well. Nice. Yeah. Bamboozled is great. So good. Dude, Bamboozled is like my favorite Spike Lee movie. But yeah, that's definitely one of the best ones um, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like he really goes for the moon um, with that one. Yeah. So Crooklyn is a little more down to earth than that one. Crooklyn is a very like self-contained family and a lot of times family hangout movie, like day in the life thing, which is really my thing. I love that type of stuff mm -hmm. where, you know, he gives um, a lot of neighbor. It's a lot of neighborhood vibes of this family in Brooklyn um, and it, a lot of humor, a lot of stuff like that. And, but in the end, this family in Brooklyn is struggling. Um, and like the father is, uh, the, the father is very dedicated to his music um, and playing, bringing real music back, which, but he is unfortunately bringing no money into the house. And so uh, the mom and wife is always mad uh, at him because she teaches, she teaches and takes care of the family. Um, and in the end, this movie is an ode to, I, I don't want to like make any big leaps because I don't know everything about this, but this movie seems very autobiographical to Spike Lee. And I would like to think this is about like maybe Spike Lee's mom and just like moms everywhere um, because it ends up being kind of a tribute to um, all she's really doing for the family and that all her efforts are really like what's holding um, uh, the family together. So it ends up being like uh, just very interesting in that uh way well yeah i haven't seen crooklyn but i've seen clockers i haven't seen clockers um that sounds like maybe a year or two earlier right Is that the edward later? norton one that's a harvey Keitel. that's one of the edward harvey Keitel. Oh, that's, oh, oh yes. clockers. Yeah. okay yeah i think wait it's 
Edward Norton and Clockers. Edward, oh no, he that he's be, in. He um, he's in Twenty Fifth Hour. Twenty Fifth Hour. That's one. what I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a very good one. Um, but yeah. I've heard Clockers is good too. With yeah, Clockers is good. Bamboozled is good, and Black Klansman is good. Too. Yeah, Black Klansman's very good. Yeah. Um, I like them all uh, for the most part. Uh, yeah, Spike yeah. Lee is cool. He's. <laughs> Yeah. All right, but yeah, yeah, that's uh Crooklyn. Uh all right. Well, uh something I watched recently was uh ironically, not ironically, coincidentally, it stars Jesse Eisenberg. And we were just talking about social nice. network. Uh yeah, it's yeah. A movie called The Double. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was interested in this when you logged it. Yeah, yeah. Directed by Richard Ayoade, who mm. is a British comedian who Really, what I know him from most is like British panel shows and like the IT crowd. Yeah, um, IT crowd. Yeah, yeah. But he's directed a few movies, uh, this being one of them. And uh, yeah, it's Jesse Eisenberg, uh, um, Mia Wasikowska. Uh, hope I'm saying that right. But um, and also a great cameo from Wallace Shawn, who you don't oh, yeah, see Wallace too often Shawn, nowadays. Legend. Yeah. And yeah, this was, uh, if you know Richard Ayoade from any of those uh, comedy things that he does, this would kind of throw you off. Because uh, this is a movie based off a Dostoevsky novel, I think also called Double. Um, but it's it's basically where this guy uh, starts to see his double at his, at his work and all of a sudden like taking over his life. And uh, they become friends at first, but then it, it quickly turns dark. But uh yeah, this is a very like stylized, uh, grim movie, uh, too. You know, it, it's it's definitely um, gives off some like Wes Anderson vibes with the uh, sort of eccentric style of it. Uh, same with Terry Gilliam too. This uh, reminds me a lot of the movie Brazil, if, you, if you've ever seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it's a good psychological thriller, kind of goofy too. Jesse Eisenberg is great at playing sort of this kind of dorky loser type guy uh but then also his double is a very like confident snob uh he's always he's kind of manipulating everybody and, he, and he's so great at that so it's jesse eisenberg in like a dual role right uh, it's pretty interesting one that can kind of be like a anybody who thinks jesse eisenberg isn't like versatile or like just does one thing no this movie he literally does you know two different performances so it's like yeah you can put an end to that endless thing i don't know i feel like a lot of people say that about him when i'm like i mean obviously he's like a type so you know he has he is in a he does have his type but like i don't know like he, he delivers great performances as well even though he you know it's always yeah. tend, tends to be someone nerdy-ish yeah, dude, there's this episode of the IT crowd where there's this character that I think the girl is dating and his name is Peter File. <laughs> <laughs> his name is Peter File. <laughs> and there's this part there when he's in an airport or something and they're like, report like all pedophiles, like report all pedophiles. <laughs> and then he's like running through the airport and he's like, I'm Peter File. I'm Peter File. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I've not most, seen that. No, Me that's like the most memorable thing about the IT crowd that I've seen is the Peter File one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've only seen a few episodes of that, but it is uh, so much different from 
from the devil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, not to say That's that true. there aren't some comedic elements in in this, but uh, yeah, it's interesting that his. Uh, I think the I haven't. This is the only movie of his that I've seen uh, that he's directed. But uh, I think the other the other one that was got kind of big is also a fairly serious movie too so summer was it say talking about submarine submarine yeah that's it yeah yeah submarine's a nice little coming of age british drama (laughs) 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 good to know all right nice yeah he always does seem to keep doing interesting things though like he did that art of self-defense movie oh Um, yeah i like that like another one i haven't seen you know which apparently is like a different take on a fight club thing, you know? Oh, you haven't yeah. seen the art of self-defense? No, no, no. I'm just, saying oh, I, yeah. I know of it, you know, like that's, that's all. Yeah. I like that yeah. one a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Jesse Eisenberg's career has kind of fallen off a little bit. Yeah. That, yeah. Like we don't really know what he's doing, but then he does interesting things like this. Like, I, like I, he's not, his popularity isn't up. You know, but he does no. seem to be doing interesting projects. Yeah, like Vivarium. Maybe. I've heard of that. I haven't seen that. Oh yeah, it's like they move into the suburbs or something, and that's like a horror movie. Right. Yeah, right, like every right. house is exactly the same. Yeah. Right. I yeah. remember seeing that and being kind of underwhelmed, but uh, you saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Back back when it came out, like 2019. Yeah, that's probably like kind of what tanked him a little bit. He was that. Lex Luthor too. I forgot oh, about that. Lex Luthor. Yeah, you know, I I know I'm in the minority here, but I actually enjoy Batman versus Superman. <laughs> yeah, it's like kind of interesting actually. It's actually kind of yeah. fun to watch. Yeah. Um, it's just it's like actually... too it's just so long. I think that's like my main problem with it, yeah. you know. Yeah, well ha- have you seen the ultimate cut or whatever? No, I haven't. I heard it all comes together. There no, yeah, it's, it's yeah. way better, and you get so much more backstory of all the characters and the, the cyborg dude, whatever his name is. And it's actually right. like a much better, more like fleshed but out. Jesse picture. Eisenberg kind of does do a good job in that movie, even though he's miscast very much. But yeah. he does do a good job of like setting up the fight and being like, it's black versus white or something like that it's yeah. dark and night you know like yeah like, yeah yeah he kind of like an, it's like he's an, an an announcer for it or something like that you know he announces the fight that's about to happen for the audience i mean i like that there's stuff in it i like you know i'm not like yeah. some people really like uh are so anti uh like dc and stuff like that i don't have enough weight in the game to have like very strong opinions or care enough you know yeah, it's but just I like the like... fan. Yeah, the fanboy yeah. culture around it kind yeah. of ruins yeah. it. But it's actually if you just like watch it, you know, without yeah, there's that... like a lot of well done things in that and uh, yeah. the Justice League uh, film. Yeah, I'm a pretty big. Uh, I'm a I'm a Snyder fan. Like, I was with Ian and we saw Zack Snyder at Baskin Robbins in, in Highland Park <laughs> um, with his kids. Oh yeah, <laughs> like his adopted kids. <laughs> Did you go up to him? No, I was just like, is that Zack Snyder? And then I like looked it up. I'm like, oh yeah, that was him with his kids. Like, because his kids like like looked way different than he did. And I was like, what? And then I was like, oh yeah, he has like a couple of adopted kids. But we won't get into the other. Is that the Baskin Robbins that like I've been to? You saw him at that one? Yeah, the one on Fig, on Figueroa. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. What on fig? <laughs> yeah. No, because gotta plug probably... that Baskin Robbins. Yeah, yeah. That, that Baskin if you ever want to see Zack Snyder and his kids hang he out might there, be there, eventually yeah. he might show up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he went to Art Center, which is in Pasadena. You know, so he's probably uh, familiar with Highlands so he's Park. He's from that like area. You know, he's an East LA yeah. boy. Well, yeah. I mean, he went to. He's from like Michigan, but he went to school. Oh. Like I think he got his. Yeah, he went to grad school at Art Art Center where he met Michael Bay. <laughs> Michael nice. Bay went to Art Center. What a well. duo! To yeah, yeah, what a yeah. Duo. It I'm makes sure, sense. It makes. I'm sure sense they hit it day. off great. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, my anyway. style is big action. So is mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Jesse right. Eisenberg. Yeah, social network. Uh, so yeah. So yeah, I think uh, it's back to you then, Felix, for your uh, next film. If John, you are all done. I'm oh, yeah, done. We are, so, we are so far past it <laughs> at this point. Yeah, we were yeah I've, I've been done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've accepted I was done a while ago. I yield my time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. have you guys heard of this movie called The Guilty? Yeah, uh, that's the Jake Gyllenhaal Netflix one. No, okay, right? so the Jake, there's a Jake Gyllenhaal Netflix one, and then there's that's a remake of of a danish movie and the i'm talking the original no one the original one is really good and it's like so not the antoine fuqua one no no the, dude, uh, fuck fuck antoine fuqua dude the one by john reinhardt dude antoine no his name is like he's a he's a danish guy like a young danish guy's debut feature um and they just remade like the whole script in english and uh, i haven't seen the the remake but from like clips and stuff they just like literally mm. take the same dialogue but in english which you could just watch it in danish and... yeah it's like literally transcribing the script Bruh. back yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they literally like just make, if you can't read subtitles then i guess watch the jake gyllenhaal one or like watch a dub but that movie is really good it's all takes place in like a police station where this, this dispatcher is talking to this like kidnapped woman okay. and it's all like it's, just, it's literally just him on a phone talking to so he's like talking her through it and it's like that yeah. that's the setup you know yeah yeah but it's that's like cool and it's not what you think is going on like there's these these twists in it and the sound right. design and like the right. dialogue and it's like it's literally just him like it's all him talking on a phone like literally but right. it's, so... it's, it's kind of using like that as like a way to hide uh, you know hide the plot i guess because yeah. he's just on that phone pretty well, much. Well, you're just imagining like what's going on and stuff and Right. Oh, okay. That's I would interesting. Really, yeah, it's it's on HBO Max, I think. But And so then uh the one with Gyllenhaal, Hall, he's the guy who's Yeah, he he's always the, be on the phone. Okay. Yeah, he's the guy who's on the phone and it's like very much like No, I I, I was like really blown away by it, honestly. Okay. Cool. Have yeah. you ever seen Locke? Yeah, Either yeah. Day with Tom Hardy? Locke is That's really a movie no. I really uh I really dig that movie. Uh yeah. that's like it, yeah kind of the same concept except except the movie's very uh philosophical um which i yeah i really dig that one yeah no lock if you like lock then you have to see the guilty all the right guilty for sure is um uh, it's it's a really good film and i think for like if you're like an aspiring filmmaker it's like a really cool film to watch because they use so little but it's so effective mm -hmm. because a lot of cinema is like about what you don't see you know yeah yeah that's and, true yeah it, it's just like a good really good film nice. i was like pretty surprised by it and for a directorial debut and it was like a half a million dollar budget or something and yeah 
Yeah, yeah. So and now Jake yeah, Gyllenhaal's nice. next film is with that Danish director. Oh, oh okay. Cool. Yeah. A lot of a lot of crossover with that one then. Yeah, because Jake Gyllenhaal's like a like he saw the film and was like, yo, like let's remake it in English, dude. And the, the Danish guy's like, no, why? Like, no, mm-hmm. he's like, he, he didn't want to do it. And then they got, so they're like, hack. let's do they got something a hack. else. They got like a hack director to do the remake. <laughs> 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 All right. So uh, the guilty then. Yeah. Antoine Fuqua, oh. like, yeah, no, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The guilty. I mean, I'm not, yeah, I, I'm not offended by <laughs> no. calling Antoine Fuqua hat very much so. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah but i um, yeah it's on hbo max it's like an hour and a half okay pretty sick modern sleek film okay and lock if you like lock then you would like this be up my alley then yeah but yeah that's okay. the last thing i saw so yeah yeah, and this will probably be our last round, guys. Uh, just so we can then get to the yeah. I think people day. are waiting for us to talk about. Steve Jobs. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're really here for. <laughs> All um, the Jobs heads. Skip to this time code here. Right. If yeah, you want to yeah. talk about Jobs. Yeah. But yeah. All right. So my next movie is uh, my only 2023 movie I've seen so far this year. I'm very behind. As usual, it's all right. December's a long way away. Yeah. I'll, you know, we'll get to it then, right? <laughs> yeah. I'll just get to all of them at one time, as usual. Um, but this one bless I kind of have bless to you. Bless oh, you. Shit. Oh, bless you. Yeah. Cut, the, cut that bless out. You. Cut that out. Yeah. God, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. Let's stop. This is getting so out just... of control. Both <laughs> <laughs> things out of hand. Um, uh, but yeah, like, so I'm a big fan of this trilogy, um, which is why I had to watch this. Uh, movie um when it came out uh it's uh magic mike's last dance oh um, shit dude yeah soderbergh salma hayek and channing tatum uh when i saw the trailer for this movie i got instantly instantly hyped i the trailer specifically is very well cut for this movie it like it really like makes this Uh movie like like oh my god what a banger this is about to be and god they have selma hayek in it now like that's such great like casting for it and i'm a huge fan of the first two uh specifically the second one because the second one goes all out um i love soderbergh as well and i think like magic mike the first one is probably you know after oceans 11 my favorite um favorite soderbergh yeah, it goes like Wait, Double XL 11. is your favorite one or the first? My one? favorite Magic Mike. Yeah, my but like the I think one. that the is, first one. Double uh, XL is my favorite Magic Mike. The first oh. one's my fi- second favorite Soderbergh movie. Um, but I think Double XL. You get it? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait, that was confusing. It sounded like you said so. The second one's your favorite Magic Mike, but the yeah. first one's your second favorite Soderbergh. So then. Yeah. So, so then, then the first one, the second one's your favorite Soderbergh. Then, no, second one is technically not a Soderbergh director directed movie. That's oh, why it's all right. I was gonna okay. get to that. I was gonna oh. get to that. It's a gray area. That's um, it, it's that was the confusion. Definitely that, like yeah. ghost directed by Sto- Soderbergh in the way that you could say Top Gun Maverick is ghost directed by McQuarrie and Tom Cruise, but like. It is technically directed by gotcha. Gregory Jacobs, who is usually, 
either like I forget whether it's the DOP or the first AD of Soderbergh, but like it's not that's not a Soderbergh directed movie, even though it is. You know what I mean? So like if we're getting technical with letterbox like rankings, I don't like put like Magic Mike double XL on the ranking. So that's why. Mm-hmm. So all right, we cleared that up. It's not in the Soderbergh canon. Yeah. It's not in the Soderbergh <laughs> canon offic- as officially as the other ones, but the last dance the last dance is in the Soderbergh canon um he directed it and i will say i enjoyed this but it is probably my least favorite of the three um just simply because uh it doesn't have a lot of weight in the narrative to necessarily hold the runtime which is unfortunate it's mainly just it's very simple plot uh magic mike meets salma hayek he dances for her in this very epic, epic scene, um, which is the peak of the movie, is when he gives Salma Hayek this like private dance in her house. Um, and it's just incredibly well shot. Um, and but like after that, they basically go to London and she sets up a show for magic for Mike to put on. Um, and it's basically them just kind of planning this show um, where there's gonna be a bunch of male strippers and that's hot. really it. And yeah, and that's just, that's, hot. that's yeah, it, it is a hot movie. It is a hot movie. There's a lot of, uh, I once I saw a review by someone, I, I like some uh, magazine or something and it said it like the quote was like, if dry humping was an art. So like that's what that's pretty much it's, a, it's it's like a weird like niche that this movie yeah. has, but that's literally what it's doing. It is artistic dry humping is what it is. Like if you want to see a very if you want to see Channing Tatum dry hump with Selma Hayek in the most visually <laughs> visually pleasing way possible in terms of being shot by Soderbergh and being very cinematic, this is yeah. what you're gonna get. Um, but like I said, that is by far the peak of the movie. And outside of some other very cool dance scenes, this movie doesn't have much else, unfortunately. Um, and it has a great finale, of course, when the show is uh, played. But yeah, other than that, I found this movie kind of like a, to be a bit of a snoozer at times uh, and just not having that much going for it. But I'm I don't know. I'm still happy it exists, um, you know, nevertheless. And I'm fine with them making as many magic mics as they want to make you know as long as they keep it you know as they keep it fresh yeah well you gave it four stars on letterbox which seems like that's like pretty good yeah well yeah i think it's a quality film yeah (laughs) for sure (laughs) yeah but i saw magic mic one and that shit was pretty fire so it is it's really good i mean uh and the second the second one is like its own like thing it goes really all out but i i'd say the first one has the most story depth yeah no it's Um, honestly really surprising the first one like i thought i i I saw it back like maybe a year after it came out or something and this is before i knew about like really what directors were i didn't know i didn't know about Mm -hmm. steven soddy burger and (laughs) yeah uh, but I saw it. And I was like, "Well, this is actually like really good." I thought this was going to be some yeah like, some bullshit. But you're it's actually, thinking it's like a joke. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. like a joke movie that women yeah. see as groups and yeah. like just ogle over it. But yeah, they're they're all like very well directed, well made movies about like 
people and they're all actually like very up uplifting movies as well um like like in the last dance for instance salma hayek is in this huge like like midlife crisis rut um and then like meeting My magic mike like kind of pulls her out of it and mm -hmm. stuff like that so yeah it's like it's got it's good stuff and it's like yeah they're there's good movies yeah channing tatum's hot you know <laughs> he is yeah he is like him and selma hayek together yeah oh dude hot. yeah yeah. Yeah. We can get yeah, some <laughs> hike, yeah. We'll do another episode on that. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. For sure. But yeah, Steven Soderbergh, like, even though he kind of has some duds here and there, like, you know, he's gonna try to put in his best effort to make a film. And oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. And, and you're gonna have duds when For sure. you like just, Kimmy. When you're like, well, I like Kimmy, but you're gonna have duds when <laughs> You, I did too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> when you make a movie every year, um, for sure. at, at, like that schedule, like you're not going to get everything right, I think. But I think for the most part, he does, especially of recently. Yeah, I can see that too. Like, definitely like someone like Woody Allen who puts a movie out every year before he got canceled. Like, of course, you're going to have some like duds. <laughs> yeah. But for the right. most part, it's going to be like, they're going to be good films and they're going to try, you know, like Steven Soderbergh's going to try to, to do it. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. But yeah, that's uh that's uh magic Mike, the last dance. Really good. Really good talk there, Luke. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll wrap up this, uh, this section here before we get into jobs. Uh, got three and a half minutes. This will be quick oh, he's got because it. he's got it. We've <laughs> talked about this one a lot, and uh, I haven't watched. Oh, have we? I haven't watched a lot since our uh, Eraserhead episode, which will be out mm. uh, by the time this comes out. So look out for mm. that. Oh um, yeah. But uh, since then, I have rewatched a favorite, uh, which is Inside Lewin Davis, and we've talked a lot about Inside Lewin Davis, at least you know in the early days of the podcast. But we've right. never done like a full episode on it. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, I feel like that's a that's definitely a podcast favorite, and it's one I go back to at least once or twice a year. Um, and I think as I get older, the more it uh, it hits harder too. So uh, right. yeah, yeah, it does because it's, it's yeah. about it's about like a movie a lot about like uh, time and having how he has has spent all this time and you really feel the weight of it even though yeah. it is like um over the course of say a few days or weeks or whatever you know it, it but like that's what it's about and so i feel like as you get older you just relate more and more and more to lewin davis for sure yeah more and more to that uh to that scene where he's performing for uh f murray abraham i can't remember his character's name but uh, it's just uh, yeah, the, yeah. like the most beautiful, amazing rendition of this song gives it everything. And then he, just to hear uh, that there's not a lot of money in this uh, and, and then someone, you know, giving him advice, like his part, his music partner died, but he's like, uh, you know, here's my advice. Get back together. You know, that, you know, yeah. Yeah. just has the no tragedy idea. of and, it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and it's just like someone giving you advice on something to do when they don't know uh right you know, uh, yeah it's, it's like it just hurts the ego so much but uh yeah 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 that's one that's like both tragedy uplifting and comfortable 
all at the same time yeah. somehow you know it really strikes that balance very well and that's why i think it's endlessly a very rewatchable therapeutic movie yeah definitely i i haven't seen it <laughs> yeah oh get on it man yeah here's your recommendation yeah <laughs> yeah i i should see I've, I've heard a lot about it for the past 10 years so yeah, <laughs> yeah you've heard enough about it but yeah yeah no that's good yeah you could borrow it from me or jake or whatever we both yeah. own it yeah we can great yeah. oscar isaac performance yeah yeah oscar isaac ex machina yeah <laughs> Yes. <laughs> he is in that movie <laughs> but that's like his best film right oscar isaac star wars <laughs> uh, yeah wait rogue one i think his best film is return of skywalker or whatever. oh dude rise yeah. of skywalker i don't remember what it's so called. fucking good bro oh my god dude cinnabon 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 <laughs> i'm on the cinnabon's <laughs> podcast we're about to get cut off <laughs> But to get cut off, I just want to say I'm on a Simba's podcast and it's fucking lit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we're back. Yeah. <laughs> I had to preface this just so everyone's clear on what we're doing here. Uh, we are covering Jobs versus Steve Jobs. Jobs being the 2013 TV movie. Well, it wasn't by... a TV movie. It was actually released in theaters because I saw it in the theaters. Why do, why do, all right. I've been saying it's a TV movie like this whole. It, it could be a TV. It could be like a. Well Maybe it's because of the quality of it. That's why I just think it had to be. You know what I mean? No, I, I specifically remember seeing it in 2013 with my mom in the theaters. In the theaters. All yeah. right. Never mind, y'all. Not a TV movie. Just a very questionable regular movie um but yeah so the 2013 directed by joshua michael stern and starring ashton kutcher um and we'll eventually get to how many comedic actors are also in this um and then uh steve jobs in 2015 uh uh directed by danny boyle and written by aaron sorkin based off the walter isaacson book and it also stars Kate Winslet and Seth Rogen. So yeah, these movies are kind of like, as people would say, old, <laughs> you know, <that> we're covering. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Before I guess, like, I guess to preface this, I can say that I am personally a little into. St I've had my Steve Jobs like nerd phase. Um, mainly from watching these movies, but I read the book that um, Walter Isaacson uh, wrote, like his autobiography. And it's a very interesting one. And I think there's a lot of like interesting parts, like depending on like whether you're someone who's like, God, Steve Jobs was like, there's like two crowds. You know what I mean? There's like, there or there's three. There's like one that doesn't, there's a group that doesn't give a fuck about Steve Jobs. Um, and then there's a group that everyone's like steve jobs you know he didn't know anything about like tech or anything he was just a madman and he was like he just like was mean to all his programmers and he was like uh you know all about marketing and then there's words about how thomas edison was like that too and then there's um the group that reveres steve jobs as a genius and whatnot an artist or whatever and i don't know if i fall specifically into one of those categories but uh, I do find Steve Jobs' life to be interesting. There's a lot of story beats 
that you can take away of like um just like how his life turned out and like just his baggage with maybe his family and whatnot and how that led to maybe some of his relationships um and and i'm a guy also who never gets tired of um someone who went down like like a hippie subculture and how that like from the 70s and 60s and how that formed um i guess the way they view the world and the way they think so i I, i'm mainly into that those things about steve jobs of course um because of also all the things he accomplished (laughs) as well Mm. but um yeah i don't know i'm personally into steve i've been into steve jobs before just because i read that book and seen these movies um i don't know about you guys oh yeah bro i was totally inspired by jeeps by Steve Jobs <laughs> like 10 years ago even even yeah. to college for sure I was inspired yeah, by did, him what'd you do with that what'd you do with that inspiration would you do you try to build a computer well no I, I think I was more inspired by the fact that I could use his tools to create art oh yeah like okay like the way he viewed yeah. his like products as like what they would be for people yeah yeah, yeah that's that's the big inspiration the fact that you can create anything on his computer like he wanted to create things that anyone could use to make pretty much anything design anything whether you're talking about like making a film you know drawing out like doing like architecture mm-hmm. buildings design mm-hmm. all of that is very inspiring and i think that's what's so cool because everything that i do is on the computer you know everything i do yeah. is, is, is created on this macbook pro that i'm using right now and I, and <laughs> nice. first i've only i'm an apple guy you know i'm only i've only had macs i've only had iphones you know uh mm-hmm. yeah and i think i was yeah so inspired by kind of i guess his i don't know it's just like creativity and like yeah i guess his success as a young adolescent you know not not so much now but We'll get in. Yeah, we'll get into that because. Yeah, I I think there are things like about like the future. He definitely predicted right, like such as like yeah, what you're saying about like everyone if they have the a computer, you Mm. know, like you know what I mean. It become that line where it's like, um, it becomes a vehicle for the mind, you know, like Mm. that that line and kind of like how the social network. There's like that line where JT says everyone will live on the internet. Like there's the beginning of like there's the beginning of Steve Jobs. Which I guess we could just start getting into since I'm bringing up the very beginning, uh, where he's like, where they're like uh, presenting the com- personal computer and the advancements of it, and they're like, everyone will be able to eventually live anywhere in the world and conduct business right from here and work remotely, like it'll mm-hmm. enrich our culture and blah blah blah, and like yeah. that's literally like the era we're in now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how just. Um, how much Steve Jobs sort of has a, I don't know, over like encompasses our entire like upbringing for our yeah. generation. Like he, everything that was, that he was doing to sort of change the world was sort of happening while we were um, coming up to. So I think that's, I think right. he really resonated a lot with our generation. And mm-hmm. I remember being in like high school when he died and, uh, yeah and I, that was like a huge deal for for us as like high school students for some reason um but yeah but it's like everything like the, the ipod had become uh the big thing then too uh and um yeah yeah iTunes and, also, and, and all that yeah 
the thing about Steve Jobs is that he was an inventor. He was an inventor. Like everything that's come out since he died, there he has there hasn't been any new. Yeah, I mean, like you can't since. say any except for like say the cameras. Like, what really are they like promoting that is that new about like the devices? Really, like yeah, dude. Oh, you so you you still have that one? Is that new? <laughs> this is iPhone like, 10, 10 Yeah, it's a way old. Yeah, see, like now. But like this is technically new. We all we all have a different one. Yeah. More. Oh yeah. wow, you only got two. I didn't mean flex. to flex my United Explorer sorry. card either. Sorry, sorry. To... <laughs> <laughs> sorry to flex my three <laughs> lenses on y'all guys, but yeah. Well, right now, guys, it's who, the real are... deal. Yeah. For those who are listening, <laughs> we're showing each other our iPhones on camera. Yeah. But yeah, but the thing about Steve Jobs is that he always was like, no, we have to like outdo ourselves. We have to invent something new and put a new product and not like reiterate upgrade the same thing every year over and over and over which is what apple has become at this point right there hasn't been any new products besides i think the apple watch but i also heard that that was also his thing as well but literally right probably doesn't really have that drive anymore to create uh like new actual invent now yeah you know new technology clearly clearly he was the force behind it with yeah and yeah. what's crazy is he because he was enough, fucking nuts though. dude it's because yeah, he was yeah. fucking nuts yeah. like he yeah was like pushing people beyond their like limits and stuff and i right. don't think tim cook or whatever whoever has that drive in them and apple's kind of no. just they're just working on profits now you know yeah that's yeah. it seemed like there was a lot of like rapid change when he was oh yeah uh, it's like in his like golden age of apple mm-hmm. really yeah, he like and... invented everything that we still have like yes. now like yes. they invented it was like such a clusterfuck of new inventions like it was yes. insane and yeah. now there's like not as much new things and it's almost becoming nothing. stale and and that's and yeah. now everyone now everyone is talking shit about steve jobs and elon musk and yeah. all those guys which i'm i'm definitely very mixed on uh on all of them uh as well but mm-hmm. yeah but now it's yeah we've gotten to a point where there's not a whole lot of new things and we're kind of sick of these billionaire tech guys yeah and point. i remember i think john you brought it up and maybe it was like the worst of last year when you talk about uh don't look up the the elon musk tim cook character in that who's like the villain and don't look up and that's kind of like the one of the first things yeah. and also in the newest Jurassic World, the villain is like a Tim Cook dude. Yeah, like a, yeah you know? for and sure. That's for sure. Kind of like the zeitgeist we're living in now, where it's like those guys are actually more demonized than before. When we're going to talk about with the films, they're like in Steve Jobs and in Jobs, they're very much inspirational, like figurehead thought leaders. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, so all right for in Steve Jobs specifically, I think that like they do have a gray area. Um, with that but i do think it ends on a very yes where it's like yeah this guy was an inspiration and did everything you know what i mean yeah. like it kind of draws away from that because it ends on an inspirational note but um all right so i guess yeah uh the summary of the plot of steve jobs is it's three product launches first one is macintosh uh the first ever one uh which is like their product after the apple II. Um, second product launch is next. That's when Steve jobs leaves. Apple goes out on his own, invents a new, new computer. Um, that's really overly expensive and doesn't do anything. Third one is back at Apple. He's CEO. He's saved, he's saving the company practically 
Um, oh. And I believe the line is the four line. months from insolvency is what they say, like in both <laughs> films. Um, <laughs> um, and it's uh, the, yeah, the iMac. Yeah, which is uh, for me, the computer that was like when I was maybe third grade or something like that, first to third grade was like what we started using where I was like, whoa, look, we're in computer class. This is cool. Like, look at all <laughs> yeah. you can do on these computers and they're so simple and blah, blah, blah. And like, Fuck yeah. uh, just that design, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that, the... that shell with the blue and the red. Yeah, and right. And yeah. how you can open the hatch, you know? And there's like just those, uh, all the, like the outputs just right there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, ton still, of nostalgia for those. Yeah, dude, for sure. Yeah, still, bro. still good looking computer. Um, but yeah, I don't. Um, so the first, the first product launch, uh, they're trying to get the, they're trying to get the one, uh, the Macintosh to say hello with uh, Andy Hertzfeld, who is also in <laughs> Steve Jobs, but plays a much smaller role. I mean, in Jobs, he's in, he plays a much. <laughs> This is going to be confusing. He plays a much <laughs> smaller role in Jobs than he does in Steve Jobs. In Steve Jobs, he is in every single uh, uh, sequence, in every single product launch. He's a key character. There's always like multiple yeah. times where they're like, "Get, bring me Andy. And they say, which one? And they're always like, Hertzfeld. Like, that happens like multiple times. And I honestly don't even know what other Andy they're talking about uh, yeah. most of the time. Um, yeah, and he's like... And I paid for your daughter's college. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what ends up happening. Yeah, that's what ends up happening. And he's like, um, "I created the world in seven days." Or what does he say? He's like, "The line goes." Um, uh, the, he said, uh, "You had, uh, you had three weeks. The universe was recreated in a third of that time." And then Handy Hertzfeld says, "Well, some someday you'll have to tell us how you did it." And that's like a big like big line in uh yeah the movie. that's very sorkin um mm -hmm. can we talk yeah. about the sorkin dialogue and well yeah uh, specifically because that's all there is to talk about in this yeah. movie because that's all it is um and it boy does it come out just gunning in this opening scene as yeah. uh as they are just basically they're showing they're, they, i, I kind of like the way uh they cover like the room uh, the big auditorium and meanwhile there's a bunch of like voiceover of like it's got to say hello how is it going to say hello it's got to say hello and then, and then you you see like uh you know steve jobs is like kid and um his like the her mom who like he abandoned sitting there they're kind of like waiting for him to be ready to meet with them like you can kind of see the seeds of conflict like planted already as it's happening yeah um yeah, but, and it's it's just like that Sorkin dialogue where it's like the conversations that they have. It's almost like every line is a one up of the next line. Yeah, it and is. Like it is it, sort of. It kind of has great and it has like rhythm to it as they yeah, are yeah, yeah, doing yeah. that. You know, um, but I will say in this movie, I used to revere it a little bit more that like that aspect of it. I think now I am a little bit more. Uh, this time I was watching, I was like, all right, it's getting, it's getting to be a little much. These, yeah. these characters are such fucking assholes, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, especially like, like with the daughter in it, there's a part where they're fighting in front of the, all those people and they're like back and forth and it's like, no yeah. one would, and they're just like sparring with words. And I'm like, no one would actually like say this. It's like, no one would actually like, 
<laughs> yeah. This shit out. Yeah, and well, and to and to get specific, like every there's an interaction with uh, Wozniak uh, each and every time, played by Seth Rogen, uh, who I think is great in this movie, um, by the way. Um, but each interaction, I think, is I think is very good. I think they're the maybe the peaks of the movie. I don't know if you guys have a favorite, like uh, I don't know, talk off in this, but. I think those are the peaks in it for me, but I think yeah, that yeah. both. I think so. I, I think I would right. agree. They go hard, mm-hmm. right? They go hard, yeah. especially the second and the third one. And um, and I think the high point as well is I think in the third act when he's talking to Jeff Daniels and there he's like in the garage and he's in the board meeting and then he's they're talking in that hallway. I think that's second, um, the second product launch. You yeah, mean yeah, the yeah, one yeah. with the, from the video. Yeah, yeah, the one from the video. This episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that's that's what that's what men do. See, see, yeah. I think that one goes a little too hard because he's just like Jeff Daniels is like taking all these like words and Jeff Daniels is like, oh man, you know, like he's literally like <laughs> just like reacting like, oh my god, he's giving me so much shit right now. This guy's yeah. a ma- this guy's a maniac. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But. The Seth Rogen ones specifically, they build towards these very huge, grandiose lines that I think swing a little too hard too. Like um, the first one is the big um, "I play the orchestra" line, yeah. um, in that's in Act Two, and then in Act Three, Seth Rogen at one point says, "Like I'm sick of being, I'm sick of uh, being." thought made to think i was ringo when i know i was john and that in that moment i'm like all right that's a that's a little much but i think everything else i i like i really love like their back and forth in it and i think it's very good and uh i think seth rogan really holds his own against michael fassbender who is going really fucking hard in this movie yeah yeah i mean he has to like he's playing steve jobs you know and yeah i think yeah there's also an interesting history behind the film because it was originally supposed to be David Fincher and then Leonardo DiCaprio, right? And then they were like, he was like, oh, I want $10 million with Final Cut. And then he, he and then they were like, oh no, whoever produced the film, I forgot. But they, Leonardo DiCaprio is Steve Jobs? Leonardo DiCaprio, and then it was Christian Bale who was going to be in Bale is better than wow. DiCaprio for Yeah, yeah, Jobs. yeah. I, I don't know I don't... if it was that, I don't know if it was specifically that order, but it was DiCaprio and then Bale. And then it was Fastbender with Danny and then Danny Boyle like directed right. it. Yeah. And then also when they were making the Steve Jobs movie, Aaron Sorkin and Tim Cook had a little back and forth because Tim really? Cook was like Tim Cook was like, Oh, they're making another Steve Jobs movie. Like this is very <laughs> opportunistic. And Aaron Sorkin's response was oh, you're talking about opportunism? Like you guys are exploiting kids and yeah not like, one to talk at all you can't be yeah. talking about opportunistic yeah. <laughs> right yeah. but yeah to go off michael fassbender being very good like there's a scene specifically where he's walking to the backstage area with uh joanna hoffman who's played by kate winsley who was apparently um steve jobs is like head of marketing or whatever and in yeah. this she's always by her side his side but he's kind of just like talking as she's like trying to follow him and whatnot and he's saying stuff like 
if I if IBM this, then da da da. If IBM takes if IBM lead, is the leading computer company, IBM owns the information age, and that is very bad for the human race. And as he says that line, I'm watching Michael Fassbender, and I'm like, this guy is so wired into this performance <laughs> right now. It's just yeah, like insane yeah. as he's spewing all this dialogue. Like he may be like I'd say the one thing Ashton Kutcher gets like like that is you could say maybe more closer to Steve Jobs is he just does the voice like uh, Michael Fassbender is going full on into like this portrayal, like, like for real, like he's doing some method acting stuff. Yeah. And there's definitely this part in the end when he's like the older Steve Jobs, when he's presenting the, the iMac where he's talking to his daughter. And then when he walks out, it's like a music video where it's like the strobe lights. Right. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. It's so like operatic and so like sensationalized. Yeah. When he starts walking out, all the lights are flashing, and he's like, and "It's he like, like oh, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. yeah. And it's just um, and then I to think, go off. Oh, I think yeah, Luke, what now. you said. I mean, I know we'll we'll talk more about jobs too, but I think what you said at the end there kind of sums up uh, these two movies. Like jobs, they really went hard at trying like ashton kutcher looks just like these younger yeah, steve jobs photos for sure. and then his like character sounds a lot like him too they're really focused right, on like the right. details to get like accuracy on, it's on like let's typecast as much as possible you yeah know? whereas yeah. then then steve jobs is more about like what's compelling about the story of right of of this guy and uh right. and, and the company too mm. yeah and to go off the Walter Isaacson autobiography, um, basically Steve Jobs um, is is a and I'm like a an amalgamation of what is in that book, the material in that book, but Sorkin structures it so that every single like you know basically piece of baggage or flaw or piece of conflict that was known to be in Steve Jobs's life, he just structures it so that each product launch all of that comes out like whatever was going on at the time comes out so this is a very dramatized very you know it's like obviously it's based off of all everything is based off of real it's based off the autobiography but it's very fictionalized in how all right bring me you know steve wozniak now you know bring me andy hertzfeld like like everyone wants to like there's even a line in act two where it kind of they're almost like commenting on the structure of the own of, of its movie where he's like what what happens every product launch like it's like people everyone i know gets drunk and then tells me what they really think which is i i think like maybe like a, a self-aware side to the script of like what they're clearly doing you know like the over dramatized play aspect of this yeah i i actually think i kind of like have praise for the structure of the Steve Jobs movie, like the way that it does like a product launch instead of doing like a straight. Yeah. It's it's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of doing a biography where it's like montaging through this guy's life, it's literally just taking three specific moments that play out in real time. Yeah. It's like the act structure, which is a, which is a really cool way to to do things rather than like, Mm jobs where it's just <laughs> it's like long, so stereotypical uh, yeah it's it's yeah. the wikipedia page of steve yeah. jobs yeah, in literally film form. It is. yeah no it's literally like the biography of his like entire life which is and it just takes the the blueprint of any sort of 
bio biography movie where it's just like the montaging through everyone's mm -hmm. like life and then yeah but literally like Steve Jobs it's it's basically three like move like three films in real three time short films yeah in yeah a way. yeah uh -huh. and then you have some like cross-cutting between like board meetings or like kind of flashback right really yeah cool. there's flashbacks to what happened between like the macintosh and yeah. like the next computer and stuff like that yeah i mean the first like section kind of just introduces like everything that's going on um and it really does feel like the beginning of it and then the second act kind of builds upon that further um and I don't know, each one is its own piece, and I find them all to be their own interesting one. I don't know if I have a favorite uh, part over the other. I don't know, maybe the second one if I had to pick, but... Um, yeah, I don't... Uh, yeah, probably the second one with Jeff Daniels. Yeah, yeah. Um, the part with Jeff, when, he's, when he's... Like, the part literally from the clip where they're comparing <laughs> the two... Yeah. Steve yeah, and, and, and then they well, I like the flashback with Jeff Daniels where they're like arguing about like the Macintosh or whatever and how it made no money. And he and Jeff Daniels has like this big like um outburst where he's like, The shareholder the shareholders are my problem, Steve. I represent the board that represents the shareholders, and he's just like, Oh, yeah, at yeah. Him. yeah, and they're at the desk, which is yeah. also in the jobs movie. Oh, Dude. like the oh yeah yeah the board yeah like the board where the board the exact with replica Simmons. scene where JK they fire Simmons. him they <laughs> outvote him yeah yeah and I think it's uh dude the guy from Full Metal Jacket is the board head in Jobs or no the guy who put, the CEO the CEO of Apple the Jeff Daniels character is played by um the guy uh... from Full Metal Jacket. What's his name? Oh, Matthew. Isn't it Matthew Modine? Matthew Modine. Yes, yeah. that's Matthew it. Matthew Modine yeah. plays the CEO of Apple. In, in yeah, Jobs. yeah. Everybody in Jobs is somebody. <laughs> we'll we can say <laughs> yeah. that right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And there's Seth multiple. Rogen. Yeah, but like, and Steve Jobs, Seth Rogen, you know, like does his best and stuff. Yeah, to like. Yeah, just, he's really know. great in it, and I think it's a good time to bring that this, to give this bring this performance back around because. The Fablemans was out this past year, and oh, yeah, yeah. Seth Rogen was very good in that, and like that was really impressive because he had to be the catalyst that um, pretty much breaks up Michelle Williams and Paul Dano, who are two of the like most intense actors that we have. So, like, props to Seth Rogen for that. Yeah, yeah, because I never saw Seth Rogen as an actor. I just saw him as like a comedian that like did comedy movies, and then he's like now trying out. Like same with like Jonah Hill. Like I don't really, I guess they're like technically actors because they're acting in in movies. But this is kind of like uh, this is Seth Rogen's Moneyball, whereas Jonah Hill's. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'd yeah. say so. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, good That's point. Good... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and he's like. The Apple II, like, you got to give the credit to the Apple II. The Apple II. II had all the slots. Like, the reason yeah. they they liked the Apple II was because of all the slots. Yeah. And, like, there's a whole through line about the Apple II, how he doesn't want to thank the Apple II. Yeah. Which is, mm -hmm. and, I guess. And yeah. I, I think it builds perfectly to the final one interaction, which I think is one of my favorite scenes of the movie where, like, they're doing, they're arguing in front of everybody. And they're like, people are trying to like get 
like the spectators out of there and they're like no everyone stay where they are mm-hmm. you know it's like so intense and um yeah he and he still doesn't want to uh thank the apple two team um and he's and um yeah it's just kind of like yeah i don't know it's an amalgamation it's this big savage uh moment um and he's really like i don't know it's almost like he's coming for revenge in that moment you know um yeah, yeah. like like even though he win, he's winning in Act Three, as they say. You don't really feel like he's winning. You feel like he's just um, alienating everybody in order to like just do what he's wanted to do. And the movie's basically making the uh, argument that, as Seth Rogen points out, um, they it basically says you did not have to be so shitty in order to do all this. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. didn't have you didn't have to. Yeah, I think that's how, so I think all the parts where they're talking about like the Apple and the business stuff is the most interesting. And then when it gets into his like personal life with Catherine Waters, Watterson and the daughter and stuff, I kind of, I don't know, I kind of lose more interest in that too. And I think that's kind of- I, I, I find it interesting. I mean, Catherine Waterstone has a good part in the first act, I yeah. think, but like after that, she's not really doing um, much. What I, I, what I think is uh, very interesting, actually, is in Jobs how the daughter thing is played out in comparison because yeah. they actually, since it's straightforward, they actually show the scene where she's like, "I have your daughter," and he like basically is so shitty and just refuses to like believe it, like right off the bat. He's like, "How could Not I have daughter. done that?" Yeah, he's like, "How could you? How could you have said?" Like he he basically like scolds her for like. And like accusing him of impregnating her. In yeah, the, and he's like, the Lisa means means locally integrated structure architecture. Yeah, yeah it's a it's a coincidence. Here, I have that quote pulled up. I think. <laughs> oh, I don't anymore. Never mind. But, but then I he did. goes. But in the so in the beginning, he's like, no, it's just a coincidence. Like I didn't name it's it. It's a coincidence. Her. And then yeah. in the end, he's like, no, I named it after my daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if any of that's facts or not but he's like the lisa you named it after my daughter and then <laughs> Catherine watterson's like you said i slept with half the world's po- or whatever he says some shit about the yeah. Pop- world population yeah like yeah basically called her a uh like a whore it's in order to like um take the responsibility off of himself yeah yeah. I was trying to look for that. Quote I thought that exactly. was I thought that was interesting to show too. There's just so much inner turmoil going on like behind the scenes. Where then uh, and I still I think I need to see it, you know, another time to really get get into like each individual, you know, product launch and everything. But just like the 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 crowd scenes where everyone's chanting and like stomping their feet like it's a right. sports game and then cutting to them you know him right listening to Catherine waterstone tell him how shitty he is and and yeah and everything you know it's yeah yeah it's just, it's just a really interesting uh way to show this uh these, these scenes really like there's a moment with jeff daniels where they are right behind the stage and he's like this is a 55 margot and then he's like it's nine in the morning and as they're talking they kind of there's this cool like cutaway where the camera goes like directly over like the big screen that is on the stage and you just kind of see the audience waiting there and it's like it's really cool and it's like 
for a movie that is mostly dialogue and just following people, mm. like I think the most cinematic moments are these cutaways to the audience and capturing um, how electric and it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think on a technical level, it's really like top notch and stuff and the editing and the shots and all that. And the acting's really good and stuff. I guess for me, I guess maybe, I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty good. I gave it like four stars on Letterboxd. One thing I, I, I do want to say too uh, is the, uh, I mean, we've talked a little bit about how this is like the trilogy of the Sorkin Bay Area movies, but the right. score reminded me a lot of the social network. I um, think so too. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. It's yeah. not Trent Reznor again, but uh, it's definitely very reminiscent of it. Yeah. Uh, there's like kind of too. like there's yeah. kind of like shimmers as he's like walking around. It's like, yeah, I think the social <laughs> network is like a shadow in any sort of tech bay movie. It's going to come after it. I think like right something like that. And I also liked uh, this is this is random. Uh, I was just looking back on my notes, but uh like how with jobs they go through like every detail of like i don't know of the process of them putting together the company and all these like coming up with the name apple and all this stuff right right whereas like in steve jobs that's, I not the, that's the beatles or whatever you know yeah yeah it's like why do you hate the beatles man they're just they're not, not Dylan. Dylan. yeah <laughs> wait is that, is, that. Wait, where is that from that's in that's jobs. jobs. That's Josh okay. Gad and Ashley. That sounds like something jobs. that that would be in jobs. Because yeah. if I was in Steve yeah. Jobs, I would have been like, dude, like, come on, Aaron. Yeah. Like, that's you're gonna have that in there. Yeah, that I thought that was a pretty lame scene. But um but oh, like in yeah, Steve well, Jobs, it it there's like these really cool montages that they go through to like cover like okay, this happened and this happened. Yeah, to cover a, it's a, like, a bunch of time. Yeah. Because yeah. like you you can read the Wikipedia while watching this and then and then get that like yeah. this happens like you don't need to see a whole scene about why this right. is this especially since whatever, it is such you know. an iconic like thing where like everyone knows a lot of this stuff you know it allows yeah. like it's not a huge leap to expect the audience to need to be spoon-fed this story you know you can expect yeah. them to be down for it in a creative uh way yeah, yeah I right. that's cool yeah that's another thing about Steve Jobs not like spoon fed to you I think they you know they have an idea that people know who Steve Jobs is and like what he did and I guess Jobs is more of the kind of the bullet point movie the bullet point presentation yeah, like totally. point of of that shit yeah like I I really at the end of the day I don't think I care how they came up with the name Apple uh no. like, like <laughs> yeah. it's just it's just not <laughs> interesting like yeah they felt like you had to see that scene pretty much yeah, yeah. so cringe dude like, <laughs> yeah i guess well since we have five minutes left let's i guess we can wrap up steve jobs and then i do like so one big difference is like in steve jobs in jobs i mean like he go ends up going back to apple and it's like very like wow they like go to his house and he's like wow you guys must really be desperate you know but in steve jobs it's like <laughs> basically that that was his plan um all along and like that he know he's like he recites the exact thing for kate kate winslet where she's like what what are we doing you know what i mean and he's like they're gonna have to buy my operating system and 50 million shares of stock 
and CEO of Apple. And that's how kind of act two ends, you know, where like it's predicting his return uh, to Apple, which I, I always I always like. And I, I think it's interesting. And also Seth Rogen has a good moment where he's like, I'm letting you know this computer is going to fail. And he and he goes through all the <laughs> oh, reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he gets like really technical when he's telling him why the computer yeah. is going to fail. He's like, yeah. which everyone's going to find out isn't optional and that this actually doesn't do anything. And it, like, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. like I get all computer nerdy when I like watch this no, those movie, parts, you know. The parts where they're talking about the business and they're talking about like Apple and the product right. and stuff, yeah. that yeah. is really, that I, I, I fuck with those parts the most those are actually like really cool yeah it's well it's well done well it's all such the the, here's the a great way to summarize it this movie's such a clusterfuck of dialogue and lines Mm. and moments that it it, in order to cover it um the way we usually cover uh movies uh linear linearly which is what we try to do it's it's not as it's not as easy yeah well we can do Mm. that with the jobs because that one's really linear and really like simplified and yeah 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 exactly really really cringy like yeah i couldn't believe when i saw like i saw steve Jobs, i saw jobs in the theater when in 2013 and then i was like oh that was pretty good pretty interesting and like and then i saw with you luke right i I couldn't believe how bad i could not believe how cringe it was like and how awful and just the messaging in it is just totally doesn't make any sense whether or not like is this guy i don't know we'll, we'll get into it after our commercial break but i uh, hear i'll read how many how much time do i got, you got two, two minutes, minutes. Right, i'll read i'll two read i'll read quotes i'll read quotes just to wrap it up uh one here here's a simple one i'm poorly made from the creator right um i just John Scully, just relax. Steve Jobs, why? John Scully, I don't know. No one's ever asked me that question. Um, uh, Steve Jobs, if a fire causes a stampede to the unmarked exits, it'll have been well worth it for those who survive. Um, that's like when he's like, it's not dark enough. We need to have the exit signs yeah, yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and then in the third like product launch, she finally gets the exit signs off and it's like what he's been wanting, I guess for 30 years or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's when we get the music video of him walking on a stage. Well, yeah, that's the final product launch. Yeah. 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 It's literally a music video. And then he's like, I did name it after you, sweetheart. And the daughter is in kill bill too. Is she? Yeah. She plays, the, her her child she plays that that actor is the child in kill bill 2 oh okay well the driving force of both films in this case kind um, of yeah i do think it's a little on the nose when jeff daniels is like why do people uh who are uh, adopted feel abandoned you know and he's like so like <laughs> psychoanalyzing him like right to his face like that always i'm like all right let's let's settle down here <laughs> yeah that one hurt right so anyways now we're moving on to jobs um which is very different um i don't know like there's like this one clip um on youtube that felix showed me um a I year put it in ago the group chat. i don't know if you saw it john yeah john, yeah i, I did watch it. it yeah yeah which yeah. is 
almost what inspired what inspired <laughs> this episode. Yeah. Um, and uh, specifically that rant in it with Ashton Kutcher. I don't know if like either of you remember, like maybe you remember Felix, like what he says and like like how what he's yelling specifically. But I just remember him like going off heavily. No, it's him in like this white room with the with a board, and he's like, "If you don't share our enthusiasm for this right. company, then get out." <laughs> he and didn't have the vision, right? Yeah. Right. And then across cuts <laughs> that with like the super intense dialogue with Michael Fassbender, Steve Jobs, right. and right. Jeff Daniels and shit, and it's just like a totally different level of like of a yeah. film. And then yeah. it's literally Aston Kutcher firing a guy, and then <laughs> Michael Fassbender. I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's so goofy, dude. Yeah, it's so goofy in the worst ways. Yeah, I find it to be very laughable and almost like, um, I just can't believe it. I ended up going all the way through. It almost feels like as if Ashton Kutcher is doing. SNL Steve Jobs or something like that for a yeah. whole movie. Yeah. Exactly. Um uh that level. Uh yeah, like I think it's like scene one, he goes to like a like a college classroom or something like that, and he's older Steve Jobs now. No, it's, he's like, it's literally the iPod. It's the first yeah. scene. He's only like him the iPod. The gray, the gray hair. Yeah, he's like yeah. a thousand <laughs> songs. A thousand songs in your pocket. You know. <laughs> that, no, and, and but the thing is, like, you know that they're trying to be serious with that. Like, you know that right. they're trying to be, even though it is, like, this SNL-level sketch comedy thing, even right. though this movie tries to be so fucking serious with, like, its message and the story, like, this inspirational story, and it just, like, does not work at all. So corny, it just, yeah. It just doesn't work, and... It's just bad. It's just a bad movie. Uh, yeah. In every well, so way. Then, like, yeah. After that opening scene, it kind of peels back. It's like, all right, now we're, you know, it's like one of those where we're starting from the beginning. Now we're going to go back to, I mean, we're starting at the end or whatever. After he's done all his accomplish- accomplishments, now we're starting at the beginning. And it's basically then just cuts to Steve Jobs in college. This sequence I find specifically hilarious because. It straight up to me just looks like Ashton Kutcher walking around this college barefoot. Yeah, I see yeah. no <laughs> disappearing into Steve Jobs like whatsoever. And yeah. I'm just kind of like, Steve Jobs was not this tall and good looking walking around in college <laughs> like at all. No. And like, it's not even like Ashton Kutcher lost like a shit ton of weight for this role. It looks like, you know what I mean? He still no. looks kind of like pretty broad like more broad bodied and stuff when like steve jobs was always like ridiculously skinny um no he's playing like some sort of characterization of like steve jobs the way he's like (laughs) walking like hunched over and shit yeah i mean it borderline just feels like it's him you know what i mean like it's almost like (laughs) just it's just like laughable how how little he's putting into disappearing into steve jobs i just kind of watch him like this is fucking Ashton Kutcher, you know, talking to Josh Gad right now, <laughs> like uh, pretending that they're, you know, Wozniak and Jobs. Um, but this yeah. opening college shit is so like stereotypical. He's like, he's just walking around barefoot. He's like, 
I don't really care. Like, I'm a hippie. I don't care about my studies, blah, blah, blah. And like, uh, and then he's like, whoa, what's this calligraphy? And he like, hooks oh up, and he like hooks up with this girl and he's, and then, and then there's this long, very long montage, um, which I, I'm sure you, of course, guys remember because it's long. And where there's a lot of there's a lot of montages. There's yes. a lot of montage, but this is the acid montage at the beginning, oh, God. where Steve Jobs is, tri- where he's like just tripping out, and the camera constantly is circling him as he's in this tall grass in like a like kind of a like a northern <laughs> California valley, and he's just yeah. like like doing this, and it's just so obvious, like everything is connected and this is influencing me as like a person and you know and then in the rest of the montage they show him doing more things like like studying like more about calligraphy and art school and all that shit and then going to india meditating like that whole stuff the era of like um steve jobs i guess you know just the college years yeah like you were saying luke uh, how you were uh i don't know interested in like the 60s like counterculture type guys yeah 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 Yeah. and and this one they try so hard to be like that cool hippie counterculture guy it's so like we gotta have that here we gotta see him trip on acid and you know what i mean and yeah yeah and there's the whole yeah there's a montage and then he's in bed with that girl and he's like oh you mind if i take some of these and he's like sure and he's like yeah i'm gonna go to my girlfriend yeah yeah it's so <laughs> shitty it's so shitty i noticed that this time i didn't notice that the first time but like i was like why is that even in there you know what i mean yeah. Just, i guess he's a so, he's ashton kutcher in this so he's supposed to be a womanizer but um uh yeah then uh, eventually we get to him like he meets lucas haas's character and then they're tripping yeah. in the they're tripping in the meadow and then yeah. he's like how could someone give up a child or whatever? Like he has some sort right, of adop- right. adoption exposition going on mm-hmm. there. So I guess we're supposed to feel bad for him. But one of my main problems <laughs> with the film is that we have this guy who's the biggest douchebag ever. And <laughs> yeah, he's like the biggest douchebag, but then we're supposed to be inspired by him. And there's literally no arc to the character at all. Like he's just a huge asshole to everyone. And then by the end, He's just like by the end it just fires you. It works out. Yeah. Literally in the end, it's him recording a voiceover. Right. Supposed to be like really inspirational of him, like when he's coming back to Apple. But there's literally like the messaging is totally off because I don't know whether or not. No, that's a good point. Is this a good? Is this a good person or is this a a yeah bad person? Because there's literally no redemption in his in his character. And then, but by the end, the message is this is Steve Jobs and look how he changed the world. And he's a good guy, even though the entire time he's just the biggest jerk to everyone. Yeah. I think the movie in that is almost saying like in this movie, at least that that was all like worth it. That was for the better. When I think what Steve Jobs does so well is the final act. He is in control of Apple, but, every interaction he has is like a shit show and he's clearly screwed up things with his daughter and you know blah 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 and like they do make it feel like okay in the end like this is like his breaking point even though he's business wise he's doing very well like personal life it's not doing well um which they don't do in uh 
in jobs. Uh, yeah, it's very much like all, wow, look at this like revered inspirational figure, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, but the whole movie goes, it goes against that. And like, just a couple things that we should talk about is that one, he like fucks over his, he fucks over like multiple people in the movie. So in the beginning when he's working yeah. at Atari, he's working at Atari, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's like, you, you don't know anything game. about design. Yeah, he's just yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. And he goes, so he's like, oh, I'm going to make a game in like seven days or whatever the fuck he says. And he's like, yeah. goes to his friend, Steve Wozniak. And he's like, can you do this? Can you make the, the game do this or whatever? And then he, he makes the new, mm-hmm. whatever the, the shooter game or the pong shit that they were doing and then he brings it back Mm. to the boss and they're like wow this is really amazing i'm gonna give you three thousand dollars and then he goes to steve wozniak who literally did all the work and gives him like three hundred dollars even though he got paid four thousand (laughs) dollars so he literally fucks over his his like best friend and then there's a whole shit about him and his and and how his girlfriend got pregnant the catherine waddison character in this gets pregnant and he's just like a, a fucking jerk to her and then the guy, one of the main guys in Apple, the Lucas Haas character, he like fucks over him too. He's like, oh no, like he's not a part of Apple because like he quit or he wasn't inspired enough. And I don't know if you're <laughs> right, right. Scene, there's that scene in front of the house where he's like, dude, just chill out, dude. Like, yeah, it's, it's not like, that, it's not a big yeah. like, this is the company. This is a business. Like, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you don't share the enthusiasm for this for yeah. this company like don't tell me to like chill or, or whatever right and, right and the thing about aston kutcher playing this role is that aston kutcher as an actor a performer has always played like a chill ass dude i, I for mm-hmm. the most part like he's like a chill like playboy like yeah. handsome guy that yeah. 70s show dude right. but he's like playing against type and it, it doesn't work like it, it no. doesn't work at all no. yeah I thought his version of Steve Jobs did seem like he was crazy, but not in the way <laughs> yeah. that Steve Jobs was actually right. crazy. No. You know, like right. like he was and like I never, really insane. And I never felt like when he's not yelling or anything, like oh, he seems actually smart. Like he seems yeah. like yeah, exactly. He seems like a normal dude, like for yeah. most of it. And then because the plot needs for him to become Steve Jobs, it just happens. They don't do anything to characterize, like the writing doesn't do it or the performance doesn't do anything to be like, this is someone who's about to become this like very like crazy visionary man. Like I felt the whole way through, I'm like, this is just this normal dude who all these things just are happening to him you know what i mean because yeah, yeah it, it, like he it feels like, like i guess the plot feels disconnected from the characters um in in this oh, yeah. uh, which is not good no it's it's a it's a misfire and i don't know if it was like budgetary reasons or they're just like trying to scrap together some shit because it is it does feel like a tv movie even though it was like I'm pretty sure it was wide release. Like yeah, it does it. not look good ever. Um, no, like no. the college days look exactly the same as when they are running Apple. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. doesn't feel more extravagant. It doesn't feel nicer. The lighting is looks like shit again. Oh, it's so flat. You know? it's, yeah, it's, just... it's so flat. There's like no detail to like what should be in an incredible like Apple campus or something with like where they're innovating and doing great tech. And especially since... Steve Jobs was a guy who was about like visual like beauty and like about the look of things. And this movie just doesn't look like it looks like shit. 
like yeah, the whole yeah. way through. Yeah, and, and there's a the part where he's like, he's like, I didn't get, I didn't, I didn't get fired from Apple. It was stolen from me, or whatever he says. And then he's like, he's listening to the MP3 player, the CD player, whatever, right before the meeting, and he throws it out. And he's like, this is junk. <laughs> so, there's all these like contrived little yeah in it or and then the whole we gotta talk about the josh gad like wozniak yeah i mean uh again i like we were saying i think he went for the look because at the end the Mm -hmm. pictures do show they they formed josh gad's hair to look exactly like wozniak's at the time so they they went 100 percent like look and costume I, i i i really feel just like with ashton kutcher yeah, um, uh, yeah, definitely Ashton Kutcher. I mean, you think about like, what if Ashton Kutcher was cast in the Danny Boyle Aaron Sorkin role? Like, how how would that have gone? You know what I mean? Like, do you think he would have? Yeah, could have pulled it off. Uh, no, I had. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. No. I don't yeah. think so. I don't think he would have been I'm... cast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there's the the scene in the garage with Josh Gad and Ashton Kutcher, where he's like no one wants to buy a computer and he's like yeah 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 he's like this computer's gonna be uh, like you realize what this is he's like nobody buys computers man and like yeah i I like that whole sequence of like uh where they are starting the company even well all right i guess i don't like it but (laughs) (laughs) um like where like he's like hey we have all these employees now and then they sell um all the circuit boards to those guys to that guy and he's like guys this is not like these are not computers these are circuit boards yeah 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 there's even a montage of just them building the circuit boards um and like with all the detail the circuit boards yeah yeah Um, and and they go to the shop and try to sell them which is if you go on netflix and you watch like the preview it's the scene where they go into the shop right yeah it's probably the best scene in the movie because it's like not a bad scene like oh this is like interesting business like this guy's like it kind of is yeah he's like hedging yeah. his bets that he's going to be able to sell all these computers or or whatever um but another scene that comes to mind is the boardroom scene where he gets voted out and then he's driving <laughs> he's driving in his Porsche yeah he does and he's the... like he's like ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah some some from the very beginning i forgot to mention which i think is actually like a very uh perfect way that encapsulates this entire movie is it's the first needle drop and it, it's the flashback uh. back to the college days and it's the song is uh peace train by yusuf and cat stevens which is a very safe famous you know well-known song in a lot of movies but just the fact that that is the first needle drop and he's like oh we're back at college and it's like the seven it's like you know the counterculture time is like such a typical way of setting up that and just showing how um the la- the lack of originality and chances taken that are going to be in the rest of this movie yeah i'm glad you brought oh, up uh, the needle yeah. drops because there are so many just basic this. ass ones just you know? basic yeah like when they're they're starting to put together like all like uh all these like parts and like chips it's this this montage and then it's that joe yeah. walsh song um <laughs> and yeah it's just all these like like supposedly cool like 60s 70s rock 
uh, right. needle drops yeah. to sort of put you into this uh, space. But yeah, it's it, it just seems so like generic uh, when they do it. But um, yeah. yeah. And there's like a little revenge plot in there because there's this part where he's driving with Steve Wozniak. They're like, what are we going to name it? And he's like, the whatever he says this the star trek name and he's like enterprise yeah yeah and he's (laughs) like how about apple and he's like he's like yeah it comes before atari you know because he's like working at atari before (laughs) oh yeah 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 but yeah that's the scene then where he's like what about apple records the beatles right right you hate the beatles yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. they're not dylan (laughs) um no but i i do enjoy every freak out when the company becomes big like uh like he's like he he just like kicking out programmers um like left and right and like and he's like steve that was our best programmer (laughs) like after he just like will bash someone out um yeah, and I think one of the programmers is the IT guy from the office. Like he, that's like one of the biggest like yeah. programmers in the team. Like he's oh, on the iMac, yeah. he's on the yeah. iMac team, he's on the Macintosh team, and that's kind of what I'm saying. Like almost every actor in this is like either a famous actor or someone who's done comedy, like from the comedy world. It's really strange. Yeah, the guy from Scott I'm- Pilgrim. There's a, he's the guy from he's also in Scott Pilgrim. He's like oh, okay. Yeah. There's a part in Scott Pilgrim where he goes so he he's goes to fight Ben Schwartzman and then he's in it and he's like, Yeah, the second and third album are the best albums. And then when he goes back in time to fight him again, it's like him again and he's like, Oh yeah. No, like they really fell off of the third and fourth film or something like that. Like <laughs> he says some some shit like that. Uh, yeah. But it's about it, the glasses. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in Scott Pilgrim for like a bit, yeah. In the in the beginning too, at Atari, uh, Roy from the Office is. The... Yeah, Roy is the boss. <laughs> oh yeah, and he's literally like, he's like, Steve, you're very smart, but you just are such an asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which is the big the big theme is that he's an asshole, and then we get like a bunch of montages, and then in the end, he's back at apple and there's like a microphone set and he's like what inspires me it's the ones yeah. who push the needle that are yeah the most, he does like, that speech where it's like yeah. the ones uh, who yeah. and he's like crying as he's saying it which yeah. is really dumb where he's like uh the ones that are crazy enough to here's to the, the crazy ones too. oh yeah. dude yeah cringe bro cringe. yeah so cringe just uh, i don't know anything that's really redeemable about the picture um i really and don't also jk simmons is always oh dude on the board and he's just clearly yeah. reading um that is like moments where you his lines where we're talking about like this is the wikipedia page movie jk yeah. simmons is literally reading like events that are happening steve yeah. we have to put the the uh, we have to put more, more money in the apple too it's 70 percent of our revenue like just keep, keep hearing all these facts from the yeah. days of Apple being read to you by these actors, you know. Yeah, he would have never done that role post with Lash, but since this was 2013, he was kind of like 
you know, he knew his face, but he you didn't know what his name was until like after Whiplash, you know. But this, this yeah, is... he was still more of a revered um, supporting actor. Yeah, he's like a bit player. You know? He's like a day. He's like a day player before. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know how what if I have much left about this movie either. Um, other than that, I just think like it's just a rare. It's a rare thing when movies are made side by side of this vast difference of quality. And I think it's a glaring thing to point and worth pointing out. Yeah. I think next time we do a podcast, we should watch uh, Steve McQueen's Shame. And then we should watch Ashton Kutcher's Spread. Oh, those are the same? (laughs) Those are like... Michael, they're both playing like Playboy, like sex addicts or something like that. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And it's like one really revered director with Michael Fassbender. And then there's like the Ashton Kutcher one. I don't know. I think that would be, huh. you guys should check that out. That, that could be an interesting little comparison piece too. Yeah. That's like the same scenario. Almost. Yeah, yeah. It, it literally <laughs> is. Cause um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's literally the same one. So I don't know. That would be, we should check that yeah. out, at least watch them. Yeah. I will say like Steve um, Jobs is a fun, like, like drink watch with like friends. You know, I, I remember like laughing a lot. Um, yeah. Watching it. So if you're trying to hate watch something, I think it, it, it fits the bill there. Um, I was really <laughs> physically cringing though, like the whole time. Yeah. Just yeah. also be ready to like, for your brain to, hurt you know i mean I'm, I'm a guy who likes you know cringe but you know we all have a limit on how much we can take of course yeah i think i think it's just bad like, i don't even know if it's worth like even i guess if you <laughs> would rather read the wikipedia page than watch jobs i think you know yeah exactly yeah, yeah. right <laughs> yeah. well yeah that's that is it i guess uh steve jobs versus jobs uh I think we have an obvious winner in this uh, versus. Yeah, we didn't even <laughs> like we didn't even make a claim. We just kind of like said this. Yeah, I think you get it. Yeah, this is the way I think everyone understands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think when yeah. they were gonna make, I, I I remember hearing about the the Jobs movie before and seeing pictures of Aston Kutcher as Steve Jobs, and I was like, wow, this is gonna. And be everyone's really like, cool. whoa, yeah, yeah, you're expecting be like, like him to like go hard for it and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, everything was really cool, but then I guess. Ashton Kutcher was like got the script from his agent or whatever and he thought oh this is going to be a really big breakthrough for you because you know you're you're known for that 70s show and right where's it's going to it's going to change you know his perception as an actor and yeah, whatnot. yeah. it's going to be a paradigm shift as yeah and he read he was like yeah I'm going to do it and I, he like read the script he's like yeah I'm going to do it anyway like anyway I guess and then, I don't know, yeah. And even Steve Wozniak was like, no, this is not what happened at all. Like, this is not. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I saw that, like, Woz actually was working with, like, uh, the uh, Danny Boyle production. Yeah. And, like, yeah, getting yeah, insight, yeah. but not so much for the jobs. No, you got to have yeah. a consultant on some shit like that. You can't just, like, yeah. I don't know, yeah. yeah. Wikipedia adapt- adaptation. Yeah, it's a little like uh, Tommy Wiseau was hanging around the disaster artist and stuff.
stuff like that, you know? Mm hmm Yeah. That makes more sense. But... Uh, but yeah, that's Steve Jobs versus Jobs. Uh, if, yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm sure that's not a thing. It's not a topic that comes up in everyday life, so it was good good on us for shedding light on this, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I actually saw a thumbnail. <laughs> I, I saw a thumbnail of a video essay like just a couple months ago before even, like even after everyone, the whole idea. Everyone's about talking about it. Someone no, already did a yeah. video essay on it. No, it's like a video essay that the title is like, thumbnail is, oh, two movies that tackle the same subject matter or something like that. It's like Jobs. Oh, okay. mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah these are two that do it in a totally, two totally different ways. Um, yeah. Yeah. And essentially off the same source material too but yeah yeah but now this pod is going to come out talking about it too so <laughs> yeah <laughs> well yeah it's cool uh thanks for coming on man it was fun uh yeah it was and, really uh, you 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 kind of uh came up with the topic too so uh, yeah dude you know. i, I want to come on again yeah, sure, you absolutely yeah. you absolutely can absolutely can yeah, I'm down for the shame spread one. This is a, maybe a part two or this extension of the Michael. <laughs> All right, we'll Bender. talk. We'll definitely talk about the shame spread one. Yeah, I like that idea. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. In terms of uh, going forward, uh, I think our next episode is probably going to be the Bummy Awards. Um, so yeah, uh, keep a lookout for our um, our poll coming out. Uh, where we're going to allow you to we're currently just starting to curate our uh, award categories and our nominees so we're going to post on our Instagram account uh, basically polls for everyone to vote on the categories so that the people have a voice in this year's Bummies Awards so yeah. um, that'll probably be that episode will probably come out around Oscar week or something like that Cinnabums um, is my favorite Cinnabums is my favorite podcast so you hear you heard it you hear heard it here guys i <laughs> praise it was a really it was a really huge honor to be on here oh thank you man it's an yeah. honor Thanks to have us. honor to have yeah. you yeah, everyone really go like follow it. uh dummy hard productions on uh instagram oh uh, yeah dude dummy hard Productions. felix makes very very uh stylized uh rap music videos yeah for man. a lot of la artists yeah, I'm about to go listen to the new Yeet album. It just dropped like 30 minutes ago. Yeah, I don't think we've ever talked about Yeet on the podcast, but I don't think definitely, John I'm, never. I'm definitely into. Yeah, I didn't know there was a Yeet album uh, dropping. Of no, course, yeah, though. it's, it's, it's supposed like to be two a year. Really good, yeah. Like, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Cinnabons. It was really cool, and this was really fun. Like my first podcast ever, too. So, but nice. Yeah. Yeah, is there any way you want to sign yourself off since you signed off the uh, the breaks? Um, bruh, uh, yeah, Cinnabums, Felix <laughs> Christensen, John <laughs> Newing, and Luca <laughs> Sky on a beat. We out here. We out here. Nice. All right. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs>